patriotic nephew of my uncle Sam, a rough riding, fighting Yankee man. I love mom and apple pie and the freedoms that we all enjoy across this beautiful land. I worked hard and I'd fight hard for the old red, white, and blue. And I'll die a whole lot harder if it comes to where I have to. I'm a flag-waving patriotic nephew of my Uncle Sam, a rough riding, fighting Yankee. Patriots 22. Giants 20. Welcome to Talking Giants presented by DraftKings. I'm your host Bobby Skinner here with my co-host Justin Panic. And the starters played. And we've got a lot to talk about. Some really good stuff on the defense, which means we'll probably spend like two minutes talking about it. But we have a lot to break down with the offense. Justin, you were there. We got two weeks until this stuff starts counting. How are you? How are you feeling? Hey, Bobby Skinner. Uh, kind of great to talk to you Sunday night. It feels a- good. A there's, late night episode, a, yeah. There's a comfortable feeling, a comforting feeling about after a loss talking to you and like having the Patreon chat there with me. It's like yeah. my support group after a loss. Yeah, I'd certainly agree. And we uh we let some hours go by before we hopped onto the microphone too, even though I relatively did just get home from the game. Excited to go back in two weeks. So here I'm just gonna get down to it kind of right away. Heading into this game, I want it to be just as confident, if not more confident, about week one after seeing the starters go out there for a dress rehearsal. And if you are a New York football Giants fan, Bobby Skinner, watching this game, seeing the total product of the summer, seeing the total product of the preseason games, if you are a Giants fan, I do not blame you if you are less confident. I'm not talking about doom and gloom. I'm not talking about this being a five-win, four-win team. But if you are less confident after watching this team through the preseason... And then hearing the reports and seeing the reports throughout the summer, if you are less confident, I do not blame you. And I think that is kind of the take after this game. Like I said, I'm not talking about this team being doom and gloom, not saying the Giants are going to suck. If you are less confident in week one, I do not blame you stemming from this game. And that's what I have to start. Yeah, and I think the biggest worry is the offensive line. You know, and again, we're not going to like take too much out of play calling from a preseason game. Um, Daniel Jones, which is what we're going to start this podcast talking out about, is you know who you know, we're going to talk about him. That interception is definitely disheartening, but the reality is like that's one play. The offensive line was just bad. It was bad, and I, I'm, we're going to go individually through you know their bad plays, especially in the first half. Um, but Justin, I, I mentioned the support group. Who is the support the support group, and how are they part of the support group? So the support group, you can be part of our support group, especially after losses. <laughs> if you go to patreon.com backslash talking giants and after the games you get to hang out with us while we stream right after game day so it's 11 to 15 p.m on a sunday night and we got a lot of our patreon crew who wakes up early in the morning but they're still hanging out with us and we're having our therapy session and hopefully we won't have to have many therapy sessions throughout the whole regular season so as part of a patreon you can hang out with us while we record the episodes live plus bobby skinner will send you a free magnet and you're eligible for um, some shirts, some shirt raffles twice a month as part of the Patreon. So patreon.com slash talking giants. Thank you to those patrons. Okay. Let's talk about Daniel Jones. His stat line, 17 of 22, 135 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Completed 77% of his passes, 6.1 yards per attempt, which I don't like the way those two numbers mix. Like 77% of your passes, you should have a higher uh, yards per attempt than 6.1. 
But Justin, let's start off with the negative. The interception. You get down there. You get down to the goal line. Looking to punch it in. They don't, they're not able to punch it in. You know, they have the play action pass to Evan Ingram. Like, you see some good stuff throughout the passing game. And that interception is just so killer. Because the type of interception it is. Like, me and you are big believers of, like, hey. Like, don't make the goal of your offense to not turn the ball over. Which Jason Garrett admitted. Uh, you know, that they did the start last season. Or for last season. And it's like, this is not something we want. Granted, yes. Do you want the cut down on interceptions? Obviously. But we didn't want to sacrifice his aggressiveness for that. You know, and you know, needs to pick and choose his battles. You can't just be a total, you know, gunslinger. But that interceptions are the ones you can't have. The ones that don't make any sense. You know, if you're trying to fit a ball in on a tight window on third and eight at your own 40 yard line, line yeah, okay, that happens. Like, there's going to be interceptions that happen. That kind, though, it just makes no sense. You know, you're rolling out. It's third and one. I get you want to get the touchdown instead of kicking the field goal. But hell, you know what? The Giants, if they when they did go for it on fourth down, it was on fourth and goal at the one yard line. They would pound it in. Yeah. You know, so it's not it's not even like you're totally sacrificing a chance at a touchdown. You know, like you could have went for it again and, and you know, had a chance to make that play. And they went for it on fourth and one earlier in the game, too. That interception is so frustrating because it reminds you of the two Tampa Bay ones. Because where it's like, this makes no sense. What are you doing? There's there, there's no play there to be had. And I get there's a slight tight window for Evan Ingram. But you got to know better than to try and do that. Because it's just, that was frustrating. Because, like, man, if you just have if you just don't have that one play, we're singing your praises after this game. The Caden Smith touchdown is beautiful. But because of that one play, you kind of are left with a negative feeling about DJ. Yeah, unfortunately, this is kind of how Daniel Jones' career has gone so far. More or less 2019 Daniel Jones versus 2020, where a lot of the interceptions were Evan Ingram involved or, you know, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But really, it felt like that Tampa game, if we're going to relate it to 2020, where you can see him make some of the best throws you've seen a Giants quarterback make uh, over the last uh, couple years. And then also some of the worst mistakes that a Giants quarterback has made over the last couple years. So it really is unfortunate. Because we are looking at this Giants offense, if not for that interception. If Evan Ingram gets 36 more inches on a nice play that that he made um, to get the Giants inside the 10-yard line. Or um, if uh, Devontae Booker, whoever took that carry on that second and goal, you know, gets in from the one-yard line. Then we're looking at this day and we're saying, oh, I actually am excited about this Giants offense. And you know, we're, then the main story is talking about the offensive line. Instead, we're starting off the show with Daniel Jones and... Glad it's the preseason. Certainly glad it's the preseason. But that's the stuff that we cannot have in year three. We cannot have those absolutely disaster throws of what the hell are you doing, Daniel Jones? We we cannot have those throws because clearly that is the difference between the Giants having 14 points in the first half and then the Giants only having seven points and the Patriots still kind of being in that game. Cannot have those throws in year three. And that's why I think it's important for him to play um, pre in the preseason, I'm glad they gave him this half. I wish they actually would have let him play a little in the third quarter. I now, agree. Ingram and Slayton got a little banged up, but so one, it can one be that wake up call like, hey, these really matter, and they screw things up. You know, like for example, like the Tampa Bay game was truly a wake up call for Daniel Jones. Like, there's no, there's no denying that. You know, he he had one interception after that for the second half of the season, and that was off of Evan Ingram's hands. So you know, he really had no inter, no interceptions in the second half of the season. But also in practice, and this is why for the QB position, more so than any other position, you need preseason reps, is because those sacks, 
they just, especially the Giants, and I think the Giants should change this. This is something Joe Judge should change. Cleveland doesn't do this. Uh, supposedly New England doesn't do this. The Giants let every single play go. It doesn't matter if he has three guys that would have sacked Daniel Jones, they let the play go. Like that viral clip from FanFest, that's what that was, where Daniel Jones is like, ah, screw it, I gotta throw it. Throws it, and it ends up being a dropped interception by O'Shane Zimenez. And it was like, it's like, what? What is that? Like, that, that is kind of ridiculous. Kind of just like, hey, okay, these sacks matter. You know, these these interceptions matter. You can't just toss the play and, and cut it, you know, and chalk it up to, well, I, I just had to throw it because... You know, we had to throw it eventually. Yeah, and so for those fans I, who uh, for those fans who wanted Daniel Jones to get out there and get hit, <laughs> he, he got hit. <laughs> he, yeah. he certainly got hit. And Bobby, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. You know, I don't want to jump to the O line right away. Um, but just talking about Jones, I really thought it was apparent from sitting in section three fifteen. You know, you get the old twenty two view. It's why I love it so much. I honestly feel like I can get more from watching the game up there versus even just watching it on TV. I get a little frustrated seeing how athletic Daniel Jones is outside the pocket and then his lack of his lack of pocket mobility and pocket awareness inside the pocket where, yeah, we had tackles that were getting beat off the edge left and right tonight, but I actually thought that there were some lanes where he had, where he can take lanes to step up in the pocket and extend a play inside the pocket, and I thought he was really wasn't taking it. And on a day where tackles were getting beat off the edge left and right, both tackle spots, not seeing him extend plays that way by stepping up in the pocket when I think there was actually an opportunity for him to do that, that was also kind of frustrating too. Did you sense that at all today or, or not really? Um, on a couple of plays, we'll talk about the, the Nate Solder sack where he should have just thrown the ball to Devontae Booker. Um, could have stepped up a little too, but should, there was there was pressure coming up the middle, like the Andrew Thomas sack, like there was, you know, Larson was was in his lap. Yeah. Um, But it's just that interception puts a, a, a like a, a damper on what have, would have been a really good performance. I mean, if if he doesn't throw that stupid ass pass or they run the ball in on second and goal, we're talking about him completing seventy or or you know almost eighty percent of his passes. That Caden Smith touchdown was beautiful. That's why he has the nickname Danny Dimes is because of those throws. Look, those throws are beautiful, and we're like, you know what? Like he would have completed eighty two percent of his passes if Darius Slayton doesn't drop the ball. You know, like if if you if that play doesn't happen, he is. 17 to 21 with a drop. And we're talking like, oh my gosh, this guy didn't miss. You know, the sacks, you could work the, but we're talking about that. And because of that bad play, and that's what you'll get defined by. Like, it's not, it's not saying, ah, throw that away and look at the other stuff. So in the regular season, don't let that stuff define you because it's defined him so far in his career. He, He had a good second half of the year with the turnovers. But don't let those plays define you in the regular season, man, because that's gonna be the difference between winning and losing. And, you know, year three, the the patience starts running out with well, the the fan base it's always run out. But but coaches and GMs, they're future GMs. You know, and here's the bottom line too: this Giants offense doesn't produce enough explosive plays for Daniel Jones to make mistakes like that. You know, if the Gi- if Daniel Jones was tossing those touchdown passes to Caden Smith vertically down the field and making plays like that. And if we were getting those Sterling Shepard plays where he broke a tackle, ran an incredible route right away. Like, he willed separation on that comeback route on the sideline, and then he broke a tackle, turned into a 22-yard gain. He willed wide receiver separation on that play. He's the best route runner on the team, even with Kenny Galladay here, and that's not a knock on Kenny Galladay. I think Sterling Shepard is just that good of a route runner. So... 
He was also lining up at the slot, by the way. You know, we were wondering, you know, where's Sterling Shepard going to line up? The first time we saw him this preseason, he was lining up mainly in the slot, which is, you know, good to see. That's what a lot of people kind of thought. So if the Giants produce more of those 20-plus yard plays, more of those chunk plays more often, then maybe we can look at an interception and a bad Daniel Jones decision and say, you know what, eh, you know, I feel confident that the Giants can get right back into the red zone right away. But it's the fact that this offense, getting into the red zone and putting seven points on the board, at least as of last year, it is so rare, <laughs> it is so rare that they get into the red zone in the first place that you just cannot afford those mistakes versus you know an average offense where if you do produce explosive plays at an above average rate you're confident you can kind of get back there but the Giants cannot waste those opportunities and that's why that turnover really hurt even more you know what hurts even more not being on DraftKings the NFL is back and the DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL is giving all new players a can't miss offer for week one bet just one dollar in any NFL game during the first week of the season receive two hundred dollars in free bets instantly no matter what Take advantage of this limited time offer now. You heard right. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more in any week one game. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all the great promotions and daily odds boosts. Plus, you can make every uh, every game a big game with same game parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOHNBOY to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any week one game. That's promo code JOHNBOY to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH. It Snacks got some good reviews on his uh, ad reading skills. Yes, I was very impressed with Snacks. I was very impressed with Snacks all of last week. I thought he did a great job. Very nice, very nice. All right, Justin, let's talk about the offensive line. And I want to go individually through the first team O-line's bad plays, but I'll say Andrew Thomas looked bad. Like, Andrew Thomas is the biggest loser of this game. Like, he had a bad game, man, and it wasn't you know, at first I was like, well, is it these three-step drops and they're teaching the quick set, which is part of it. But he just looked bad, man. I mean, in his kicks, in his kick slides, it was one, two, and they were very short kick steps too. And then he was opening his hips. And not only was he opening his hips, he was letting guys get into his chest. And that's, that's, I mean, that's the Matt Parrott issue. You know, that's a, that's a recipe to just let guys beat you around the corner. And honestly, I think it's an overcompensation from him getting beat inside in the beginning of 2020. I really think that's part of it. Um, and it's frustrating because this isn't how he lost last year. This is not how Andrew Thomas lost last year. So it's, again, I'm glad that this happened in preseason. I re- I'm like, I'm almost glad this happened because you saw a little bit of hints of it versus the Jets. It's like, man, he's, he's kind of, he's, he's opened his hips a little too early. Like he's trusting his athleticism too much. So I'm, I'm, not glad this happened, but I'm glad that this bad disaster kind of happened um, in this game because he looked bad. I mean, he was missing he was missing his punches, had bad hand placement, was opening his hips. Um, it was just it was just a bad game for Andrew Thomas overall. Like it just it looked it was bad and it looked bad uh, too. I mean, it was it was really disappointing to see him play like that. We had a lot of I had a lot of confidence in coming into this game. Yeah, I mean, he's looked pretty good during the individual stuff um, during the Pats' joint practices, 
But partially what was happening during those joint practices is a lot of the reps that Andrew Thomas won, it was kind of washing guys out. And during the individual drills, it's tough to see because there's no quarterback. Well, are you actually washing a guy out or are you getting beat over the edge, et cetera, et cetera. But it was during the team drills where Thomas was getting beat over the edge and he was getting beat towards the outside. Not really allowing that inside move, but he was getting beat over the edge with guys bending the edge. Um, Man, you know, and I want to say, and I want to hear what you, you know, based off what I have to say, I want to hear how you respond to this. I want to say I have the confidence in Andrew Thomas that he can turn around because he did turn around last year. Even with that ankle injury, he turned around his issues. We identified it. The coaches identified it and they adjusted. I want to say that I'm confident in Andrew Thomas, but also I don't feel Andrew Thomas has earned the right for him to be one of those players that we can just say, oh, this guy can turn it around. Because it is crazy where even if Andrew Thomas is an above average tackle and everybody else is decent, maybe even below average, I still have very much confidence in this offensive line. But if he's not good, then I think the rest of the entire unit will falter because of it. And Thomas needs to be really good. He can't just be good. He needs to be really good. He was picked fourth overall in a really good tackle class. And, you know, and I'm not, and like, you know, I, I banged on the table for the guy. Um, but it was just, what makes me feel a little better is like, this isn't the way Andrew Thomas gets beat. It's just not. So I think it has been a little bit of overcoaching and they're going to go watch this and realize like, hey, this quick setting stuff, you either got to do it differently or or get back to just letting him kind of be on that island, let him get verticals. Because he's never had the issue of opening his hips too early. Like that's never been Andrew Thomas's issue. So I think he needs to, in a sense, leave the inside a little vulnerable. Trust that you can power that that right foot down. Trust that you can do it. Lag it. You know, and you know, give if they give they you that inside move, be quick with it, be ready for it, because that's what made him excited about him at the end of last season was that type of stuff. But when they are doing the quick sets, he's one, he's not setting out, like he's he's getting he's getting back, and I'm telling you, it's, it's quick one two, and then opening his hips. It's like, what are you doing, man? You you didn't do this at Georgia, like what the, what's the deal? And I'll go quickly through the plays, the bad plays on the O line. Thomas on the sack, it's a it. Now, part of, you know, to defend him a tiny bit on that first sack, it was it was a stick concept. It was a three-step drop, one, two, three, ball needs to be out. They play man coverage. They keep the linebacker in the spy. Daniel Jones has nowhere to throw the ball. Ted Larson is in his lap. Like, that ball should have been out. But also, it was, you know, Thomas opened his hips too early. Um... The next bad play was that play action play. I don't even know. It's like it's almost like he was expecting someone to be on his on his side, um, you know, where they you know they fake the run play because he just kind of gets dumped like, and he's playing the wrong side of the guy's helmet. I don't know. Anyways, that one's the least of my worries. On the shoulder sack, um, that's the one Daniel Jones should have hit Booker. I understand that it was quick, but that was a that was you know when we talk about long developing plays and it's like well it leaves the check down open. That was a perfect example of that. That was a play that was meant to be attacked downfield. Booker moves in motion on the drag. He's the check down. He's wide open. He throws that ball. It get you have he has yak. That ball should have been out because that was a longer developing play. But anyways, Andrew Thomas goes for that hand dump, which Colombo had him trying to do, and it pissed me off because it didn't fit him. He needs to stop doing that. Stop doing the hand dump punch. And because he misses on that. The, the defensive end just gets his hands in his chest, yeah. turns him sideways open. Now, that sack wasn't Thomas's sack. Um, on the other side, Solder and Will Hernandez, they got a stunt 
Will gave up a little too much ground. Soldier still should have powered down better, but Will gave up a, a decent amount of ground on it. Um, but at the same time, he did push. Like, he's, he kind of sent that over to Soldier. Soldier's got to kind of diagnose it a little quicker. On the Slayton drop, uh, Matthew Dudon just killed Soldier around the edge. Um, that fade to Shepard. That one, the Matt Parrot. Remember the Matt? Did you remember that one? The Matt Parrot uh, hit? Yeah. I mean, that literally was a one step drop. That's a snap, set up, bam, throw. And Soldier, or, or, or Parrot, just gives the weakest punch and leans and just opens himself up. And Jones gets hit on a one step drop. And Devontae Booker totally missed the blitz on that. So maybe we could, we could, you know, cool our horses on how great of a blocker he is. Thomas on the holding. Again, one, two, opens his hips, allows hands in his chest. I mean, he, he got beat on that play and he held. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he, he, you know, held obviously because he got beat. And then Kenny Wiggins and Gates had some two bad stunt pickups. Not like play busting bats pickups, but like Wiggins probably should have got over. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I could have been on Gates as well. So that was kind of the, the first half of how the O-line played. So Thomas is the main is the main is the main uh, offender. Yeah, one one kind of final note on Thomas, and maybe we can move to that right tackle spot. I saw Brian Baldinger make a video on another tackle. Um, I believe it was tackle for Tampa. You know, when he was saying, "Hey, like I, I, he can see that this guy is working on stuff," and maybe, maybe just maybe, that this is something that the Giants are just working on. Andrew Thomas, they're working with Andrew Thomas working on something that's different technique because especially hearing that he's not getting the depth in his past in his past sets which that is the reason why i i loved him i loved him i loved him i love wills because of like the well wills was a little bit more choppy but i love thomas because of the depth that he got in his past sets and his footwork was pretty nice and was pretty sweet so hearing that his steps are a lot more choppy um that's kind of strange because usually that's not something that you 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 don't you lose that athleticism. So maybe hopefully it's just something that Rob Sale, Freddie Kitchens, whoever, that they're working on something with Andrew Thomas, working on a little bit of def- different technique. And then once we got Von Miller, Bradley Chubb coming to town, it's like, hey, go back to what you know how to do and you know rock rock and roll from there. So that's that's the hope. But again, I don't want to presume that because we don't know that and we have to evaluate just what we see with our eyes. It's a, it's overcorrection, honestly. You know, it's opening the hips too early, you know, stopping guys from beating you inside. And instead of, you know, instead of, you know, him lunging and punching too quickly, he's doing it too late and guys are getting in his chest. He, you know, he needs to get back comfortable. Um, so maybe this was just a game to do it to, you know, um, you know, and he doesn't seem like, well, we know for a fact, you know, He's not a guy who works like, oh, he had one bad game and it spirals. You know, he had his worst game of the year and then they fixed him and he, with 11 days rest between Thursday night football and Monday night football. So, other O line takes. I think we're both in the Ted Larson is better than Kenny Wiggins boat, but also Ted Larson left the game at the end. Yes, which, um, uh, here, we'll do a quick little injury report here. Um, Ted Larson. Knee injury, you want to say? Darius Slayton, foot, ankle. Evan Ingram, calf. CJ Board, elbow, but I think he returned. Oh, I and didn't I th- know Board had an injury. Yeah, uh, I he might have returned. I don't know, but those are some big significant names. It's not like we're talking about, you know, Madre Harper or 
you know, <laughs> Devontae Downs or anybody insignificant or, you know, Chad Slade, let's say. I mean, those those names that went down, Ted Larson, Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram, CJ Board. Slayton did return to the game, um, so that's good. Evan Ingram did not even return to the sideline with that calf injury. They did say that they, he was in kind of in good spirits. Ted Larson did not return to the sideline, and I think CJ Board was on the sideline. So those are some pretty big injuries, especially as we get down to 53-man cuts. You know, if Evan Ingram's going to miss some time you know what does that mean for uh, obviously you know Caden Smith is making team but does that mean that we go out and we have to get somebody off of the free agent wire you know if Darius Slayton's hurt what does that mean for a guy like um you know David Sills and especially if CJ Bort's hurt then hey David Sills you're kind of on this team so injuries are some key concerns there but Ted Larson did get hurt and keep with the O-line I think Ted Larson fully cemented himself, and this is going to be a real damn shame if he's hurt for an extended period of time. Yeah, I think look horrible. I think Ted Larson really cemented himself better than Kenny Wiggins today. Absolutely, absolutely. Like he looked, he looked much better. Now he didn't look like anything special. He's still unathletic, but he looked much better than Kenny yeah. Wiggins taking snaps at center. Yeah, and so that brings up a good point: is Jonathan Harrison. I mean, he looked so good in the run game, working those combos. Like it was beautiful. It's like, man, I get that you're going up against backups, but it looks beautiful. So, I literally tweeted out: I was like, if Shannon Mew doesn't play games, Jonathan Harrison needs to work guard. They put him at guard, and he gets beat really bad on one of the pass plays. And I don't think he had a few reps at guard. He got beat really bad. So maybe I can pump the brakes a little bit on that. But Harrison looks good. Like if. If he, if he was out there doing that stuff for starters, you'd be like, you know, he'd be the star of the O-line reports. I mean, they were, they were, he was working combos and he was the main point of it. Like, like pushing guys, nose tackles, five yards into the backfield, perfectly moving to linebackers. I mean, it was like, it was like when you literally have X's and O's on a whiteboard and you, and you move them the way they're supposed to go. That's how he was working in this combo. It was beautiful in the run game. Yeah. But in the past game, he got schooled pretty bad. Just wasn't moving his feet. Um, on, on one play, someone else got gave up the sack on that play, but that was that was bad. But still, I, overall, Jonathan Harrison, we've seen him twice. I've left impressed both times. There you go, feel good. And t- you know, interior offensive line depth is uh was a worry throughout the entire summer. It still is a worry. Still but, is a worry. <laughs> you know, st- still is a worry. But you got to feel good about Jonathan Harrison. So there you go. Um, do you want to talk much about Brightwell versus Clement? Because Brightwell, got- I want to talk. I want to talk right tackle. I want to give one final note on. I know you went through the bad plays, but um, so I was going to have some sort of take on right tackle battle if any of them looked good tonight. But the fact that Solder starts the game at right tackle, and the fact that Matt Parrott comes in, and Matt Parrott was in to start the third quarter, he got a series in the third quarter right tackle. I have no different take on the right tackle spot compared to when we started the game because both of them I think look equally bad. Parrot looked better than Solder, but Parrot had the worst rep, which on that one step drop fade to Shepard. Yeah. But Parrot actually, besides that, kind of like didn't have some of his same issues, you know? Like he he kind of looked decent. So I I am I'm I am firmly in the Matt Parrot should be the starting right yeah. tackle week one camp. I agree. Or I could have been I could have been swayed after tonight. Yeah, I, I agree because I was starting to get swayed after the joint practices in New England. And if Solder kind of came out and held his own, but that that just that just it did not happen. It, it did not happen. And I also I don't know how many reps at right tackle he got. Um, 
during I don't think he got any during uh during the joint practices. Every single one was at left tackle with the backups or taking Andrew Thomas's spot, which I don't understand why they didn't do that more. If they were gonna give if they were gonna give Nate Sol the reps, why take Andrew Thomas off the field? I I I don't know. And then you throw him out there right at right tackle for a preseason game, and he hasn't even done that since twenty eleven Super Bowl forty six. So that was a little strange. It was a little curious. So um, I don't know. Can he get better? Was it just a comfort thing? I'm not banking on it. I'm not banking on. Yeah, this you'd is, be silly to bank on Nate Solder. You at should this not point. be banking on Nate Solder getting better. <laughs> you should not. Yeah, no. And it, it, it wasn't like a train wreck for Solder, but it surely wasn't good. But the plays that were bad were red flag disaster worthy bad. Um, Brightwell got reps before Clement did. But I also think that might have been them just wanting to give him some reps with the the top guys and see what he looks like with them because it could look totally different with the backups because Brightwell had four carries for 10 yards, three catches for 20 yards. Clement had four carries for 20. Like, I would be – if Brightwell is over Clement on the roster, it's the only explanation would be specials because you can bring up um, Clement's fumble issue, which is a real issue, but also um, – like Brightwell has fumble had fumble issues at Arizona. Clement also does specials too. Like that's his career. Yeah. So I I don't really under I don't really understand that. Maybe they they play different positions in special teams. Again, I'm I'm never gonna I'm kind of done formulating takes uh, on special teams. I'm kind of glad that now it's week one where after 53 man cut down day we don't really have to talk about special teams, which is kind of nice. <laughs> I'm glad that time of the year is over. So. I'm I'm rooting for Corey Clement to make RB3 simply because I think if you cut Gary Brightwell, he's not going to get claimed by another team and he's going to make it in the practice squad and the Giants can stash him there. However, Gary Brightwell has surprised me this summer. He looked decent catching the ball out of the backfield against the Patriots during the joint practices, and he's looked decent even catching the ball out of the backfield and even running a little bit um, during the preseason, which I think surprised us both because you watch him in Arizona. It's nothing inspiring i do just wish that he lowered his shoulder more there are guys that are coming and tackling him in tackling him like at his head and he's not he doesn't lower his shoulder and get yards after the contact and you know yards or yards after being touched that way so i just wish i wish he lowered his shoulder more that's that's the only thing i wish but yeah he runs he runs skinny yeah um we can save any shep caden ingram slate intakes Caden Smith, by the way, beautiful catch on a beautiful throw by Daniel Jones. Bobby, when's the last time he caught a ball that was more than 10 yards down the field? 2019, right? <laughs> that honestly might have been. It, seriously, though. like you, it, That might not be as crazy as, as you think. I can, I can, I mean, I have a clip of all his catches, so that might be it. Yeah. Um, beautiful catch. Board and Pettis were playing with the first team. David Sills, not at all. But yeah. David Sills looked good when he was out there. He had that out and up that Mike Lennon missed him on. I know the catch had another play they should have called pass interference. I mean, I I'm 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 all set on waiting to see what happens to cut down day before we talk about David Sills. Let's yeah. let's wait. Yep. I gave absolutely. him a nice shout out on WFAN today though. <laughs> yeah, you had quite I didn't I didn't for, I, I first didn't hear the line that you said, but then I think it was Research Rick put it on Twitter. And I'm like, you said that on WFAN? <laughs> we'll talk about that at the end of the episode. Okay. You mentioned um, the Taliban. Spoiler alert. <laughs> all right. Let's, um, do we do take a break anymore or do you just want to read the ad? Yeah, we'll just read the ad. The ad is the ad is the natural break. So we'll, we'll do that. All right, Bobby Skinner. So 
This episode is also sponsored by today's sports sports management worldwide, SMWW. They are the global leader in online sports business education. They teach people how to work on the business side of sports. All our classes, they're taught by industry professionals, your mentors. They have been in the game. You want to work in and done the jobs you want to do. I really, really want to take some classes. I think it would actually be really good for Bobby and I as we're kind of you know, we're going to try to grow talking football a little bit this year. We don't want to be scouts, but I guess maybe scout-like. Is that fair? Maybe not. Maybe so. SMWW, the vet graduates who work for all 32 NFL teams, including Patrick Hanscom, who is an area scout for the Giants. If you want to be an agent, a scout, work in the front office, work in film or work with film, SMWW is the place to go. Learn the skills and knowledge you need to work in football at all levels and turn your dream into a reality. They may not be able to convert a two-point conversion to help the Giants win their first preseason game. They may not be able to help you do that, but they can teach you how to work in football. So apply free at smww.com. Use the discount code GIANTS for $50 off the course of your choice. They offer courses in football, baseball, basketball, soccer, and more. If you have always dreamed of a job working in sports, sports management worldwide can help you from sports betting to esports, sports broadcasting. Hey, maybe I need to take a course. They have the what you know and who you know to get you into the game you love. Sports management worldwide, $50 off your first course when you use promo code Giants. Thank thank you to SMWW. All right, so I, I hate not spending a ton of time on the defense, but they look really good. They gave only six points in the first half. And I'll, we'll start with the Blake Martinez interception and the things that led to that. I mean, Patrick Graham pulled a zone blitz in the preseason. So this idea that you don't do anything in the preseason is wrong. Um, I mean, on that play, you know, they did the whole lineup in the A-gap thing, thing things that uh, other teams did to the Giants um, in 2020, things that the, the Giants didn't do a ton of it because, you know, um, because they just couldn't blitz a ton. They were blitzing. They were blitzing on third down uh, with man coverage and doing well in that, and that led to, like, they had Blake Martinez and, and Jabril Peppers in the A-gaps. They popped them out. Blake Martinez turns into a Tampa 2 roll. Hook up, uh, O'Shane Zimenez pops out. James Bradbury blitzes, and they're just like it was a it was a wild look. And Blake Martinez, my man, it wasn't just Patrick Graham like scheming it up. Blake Martinez was step for step with Jacoby Myers and pulled off a beautiful interception, ripping that ball out. Like even if Jacoby Myers pulls off that catch, it's like that's still great coverage by Blake Martinez. But Blake Martinez to pull it out, I mean, Mr. Ball Skills. I mean, this guy needs. He said he's going to be working with the DB group. We might need to put his ass at tight end. Evan Ingram was like that was a beautiful play like Blake Martinez like I hate that that was a preseason play because if that's in a regular season game that's like the play of his career like that was an insane play and he had a nice pressure on a a blitz too he did he did have nice pressure on a blitz too that was like the first stand-up worthy play that I've had since 2019 at MetLife which was really really cool so um, Blake Martinez even talked after the game about how he's been looking to make his weaknesses a strength and coverage is one of them from this offseason. So to ha- have that be a goal of his from this offseason and to kind of see it play off against a wide receiver too, that, that that's probably the most crazy thing. He didn't just do this against a running back. He didn't do this against a tight end who's running vertically. He did this against a wide receiver who Jacoby Myers has been the guy um, for the Patriots this summer, and he was, he's was he been the guy throughout the joint practices who uh, both Jones and Newton have targeted the most. So the fact that he made that play over Jacoby Myers is really, really cool, and it, and it is a shame that that was like just a preseason play because that would be like the play, best play of his whole career. Yeah, I might have to do it. If, if I can get good enough good angles on him, I'm going to do a breakdown of that play. I'll put that out at like 10 yeah. o'clock in the morning. 
So you'll probably have seen it by the time you're listening to this. But I mean, that was <laughs> that was just beautiful. Like this Giants defense is worth exciting for. Like you know what? Who cares? Maybe we'll just have the 31st ranked offense. This defense is going to carry us to the playoffs either way. <laughs> this defense is really good. And now that they can play man cover, I mean, they didn't even have Adoree Jackson out there. They nope. had Rodarius Williams. Well, Rodarius looked good. He did. Like, he, ha- he is like he is. Um, um, what do you what you, uh, um, what's it called? Freaking a face guarder. You okay. know, like technically illegal, but like he knows, like, and that's something we noticed um, with with our pre-draft stuff. And I remember talking about it with Grump. You know, and he's like, "Oh, he doesn't." He's like, "He he's like he adds nothing to the run defense." It's like, yeah, because that man is like staring dead into the eyes of receivers. Like his, he is constantly like looking at them and reacting to them, playing through the ball. So there was some reps where he got like beat off the line, but he plays through the ball. Um, like he looks solid out there. You know. Now I I don't want to overreact to it, you know it's you know it's we haven't seen enough and also you know a, a regular season game they might game plan more like okay let's attack road this guy and figure out what his weakness is, um but man for the only guy really playing from this draft class Aziz played a little bit but he didn't really make an impact like he looked really good you know Bradbury you know had a nice jump on a curl route like they. This defense, man, is going to be fun to watch. And this is all without Adore Jackson yep. out there and without Patrick Graham throwing the whole playbook at the offense. Yeah, Rodarius Williams, The I like the whole face score comparison because Rodarius Williams on that pass deflection that he had in the end zone going towards the left corner of the end zone, that wasn't necessarily him making a play on the football, but it was him making a play on the football once the ball arrived and then you know knocking down the football so it wasn't pass interference. He's got to be careful if he's going to do that face guard stuff, and he's and if he's not going to turn his head to make a play on the football, he got to be careful so you don't get called for pass interference there. But um, there was even a it was a bad Cam Newton throw, but I thought it was better coverage, um, and I believe that was on a third down, and that forced the Patriots to kick their first field goal of the game. So Rodarius Williams looked good, and you know again it matches what we saw in the Patriots joint practices. There is no surprise cornerback that I think is going to come up and. You know, be that cornerback three, that outside cornerback three. Not talking about cornerback three because Dornay Holmes is the slot corner and he's cornerback three, I guess, listed on the depth chart. But in terms of the backup, the first backup, the first guy that's coming off the bench on the boundary, it is Rodarius. And it's kind of whether we like it or not with this whole Josh Jackson situation, that that's what it's going to be. Rodarius makes me feel a lot better where I, you know, I'm, I may not even rant. Um, and, you know, obviously yeah. Josh Jackson hasn't. He hasn't practiced for the Giants, so maybe that will soften my stance a little bit about the trade. But anyways, um, they really are going to be a team that blitzes on third down, and that's something we identified with Patrick Graham out of Miami. It's like, hey, he's not Todd Bowles the way he blitzes, but it's like on third down, my man's going to blitz. He's going to play man coverage, and he's going to blitz. And that's what this team is going to do. And what does that do? Well, it makes quarterbacks make quicker decisions. Bam. Well, it makes receivers have to get better separation. You know, be better at separating and not just finding holes in the zone. And which, bam, on top of that, when you have some a little bit of tighter coverage, better you need better throws from the QB while he's being hurried. And it leads to third down stops. And it gets this defense that was very good, that but was also had a ton of time of possession. It takes them, you know, makes them where they don't have to be a bend, don't break defense. Yeah. Now, sometimes they will bend and they won't break. But this takes it where you go to the next level. And then that's leading to more turnovers. Which exactly, like they were ready for the blitz up the middle on that third down, and because they were ready, and then they pop them out, and oh crap, it's not what that original look was. Get to go with Jacoby Myers, 
who was double covered. I mean, it was a beautiful throw by Cam Newton, too, you know, so it I don't was. want to take away from him. But I mean, it, like, it, you know it was a catch at first. <laughs> yeah, but it's like he was sandwiched between two players, you know, and it, it, so it takes perfect throws to win on third down sometime. But even then, with a perfect throw, um, you know, Blake Martinez was able to strip the ball away from, from the receiver. So, like, you should be very excited about this defense. Yep. I think O'Shane Zimenez, you know, I, I need to go back and watch it. He had a good game. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I need to go rewatch O'Shane to say, but if you're saying so, then I'm going to go with you. Pass rushing plays. I wasn't, I wasn't really paying attention to, I mean, the Giants rush, Giants run defense was pretty darn good throughout the whole game. Um, Even Aziz, uh, maybe this is worth clipping. There was a second down pitch play where Carter Coffin and Aziz Ojolari, and it was fun to see, they made a really nice play. And sometimes, you know, Running the ball outside the tackles, you know, it, it can go for some big plays, and you need to have the discipline and guys that could set the edge. And Carter Coffin and Aziz Ojolari made some nice plays out there. I think O'Shane had some pressures. Um, did he have a no? Lorenzo Carter had a nice sack. My only worry is Bobby with playing more man coverage. Even if you're blitzing, you got to get home. You got to get home. Where last year the Giants. They were blitzing at, I think, at an average rate, you know, maybe even a slightly above average. I, I don't have that stat necessarily memorized on top of my head, but I don't really think they were doing anything crazy like Patrick Graham was in 2019. And the thing is, Patrick Graham's 2019 Miami defense, he blitzed a ton. He played a lot of man coverage. They also allowed a lot of big plays. That that The, the Achilles heel for that Miami team in 2019, granted, they had like CFL players out there, but they allowed a lot of explosive plays. And that is my worry where... If you're going to be running crossing routes over the middle of the field and Blake Martinez and Carter Coughlin are going to be coming on, coming in on these third down blitzes, you got to get home. We got to have these guys get home. Leonard, you got to get home. Uh, Lorenzo, Aziz, you got to get home. Somebody's got to get home. You can't have this. If you're going to blitz, you can't have these quarterbacks standing back there for more than three, three and a half seconds because when you're playing men, somebody is going to get open eventually. Um, so that is my worry, but it's not a huge worry. No, I, I mean, I feel obviously – Though if they do it a ton, obviously there'll be some big plays given up. But yeah, I mean, also you mentioned um, Coughlin. All three of the inside linebackers next to Blake are getting reps next to him, and honestly, yeah. I kind of love that. Yeah, like because all three have different skill sets, and again, keeping offenses guessing, being versatile. Like, um, like Raglan is kind of like that stout, like run stuffer who can play up in the line of scrimmage and and better at destru- uh, you know deconstructing blocks. Tay Crowder had a beautiful tackle for a loss. Like yeah, he that read was the awesome pulls, to see. And then you see that Tay Crowder athleticism burst. I mean, a five-yard loss on a run play. That's hard to come by, but he plays that. He you know saw the pulling guards, and bam. Carter Coughlin. Now, when he was out there with Devontae Downs, it seems like he might mess up some run fits, but it's so hard to tell, especially when they bring a fullback in. Fullbacks really do cha- like change the run game. Um but again, he adds that even if even if he struggles with that, he adds that third down pass rush ability from the inside where you can embarrass guys. Yep. Um, and then having the athleticism to drop back if you need him to. So like I, I kind of like the way they're gonna. I think all three of those guys are gonna play. Like I don't think it's you know maybe it's one game, someone takes the large majority, but I don't really, you know if we're if you know we do our camp position battles episode, but I think now it's like just play all of them. Like there's yep. let, have there not be a said you know. This is inside linebacker too. Have all of them and cut Devontae Downs. That that would be lovely. He's so bad, dude. It's, <laughs> it's like he never does anything good. It's always just bad. I I I, feel, I almost feel bad for him. It's like to just be at that level. Like I'm a pro athlete and I never do anything good. 
I I feel like the defense has been biting on some play actions. Um, I saw that in the joint practice, and I kind of saw that again today. Again, I think I'm just nitpicking at this point. So excited for this defense for week one. Uh, I really, you know, what makes me most confident about week one, you know, maybe kind of going go into that, what makes me most confident about week one is the fact that this defense is going to anchor down and they're going to anchor down against uh, an average to below average offense against the Denver Broncos. So, and then the, you're you're talking about which offense can which average to below average offense can score more points week one. The Daniel Jones led Giants or the Teddy Bridgewater led Broncos. So, um, I'm excited for it. Please turn this offense on. This offense has to be better. It just has to be, and it seems like it's going to be. There'll be some differences, but yeah, I mean, there, I mean, let's save there, us. There is Saquon. going to be differences. Sa- Saquon. Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony. Now they save have, us. They have two weeks. They have two weeks to come together. I don't know the timetable on Tony. I mean, there was the report from Newsday or Tom the, Rock. Poe Tom Rock. Thank you. So it is Newsday. Um, Newsday. Tom Rock saying that Kadarius Tony is going to play Week One. Saquon Saquon now has limited opportunities. If he is going to play, he does need to suit up for a padded practice. I think the Giants have what three or four padded practices in the next two weeks. I think yeah, that's probably, the number. Probably. So he needs to suit up for at least, you would think, one or two of them, right? Saquon's going to save us. I believe it. Shit. He's going to be a huge difference maker. He just he takes plays out of out of nothing and turns them into huge games. So I, I am, you know what, I'm, I am a little more optimistic. It's like even if this offense isn't perfect, Kenny Gall, like, think, think about that throw to Caden Smith. Like, imagine if I'm Daniel Jones, I'm going to, I'm going to Kenny Galladay, and like, you see that shit? Like yeah, Jason, you see that? That was Caden Smith. That was that was our third string tight end. Okay, so Kenny, we're gonna do that. Like if you don't got a safety over the top, I'm throwing the ball to you. And even if you do, I might throw it to your ass. Yeah. And Darius Slayton, catch the damn ball. We got we got to hope these guys can turn it on. I mean, but and that's that's the unfortunate part where. Now we're, I'm, ex- we're, God, we're, I'm excited for the offense at the end of this episode. How about that? We're we're ho- we're hoping we're hoping that. Things can go right, and a lot of things can go right. So, yes, like for those fans who are optimistic, like yeah, I, I'm I'm with you, and I'm also right there. But the, the fans that may be a little pessimistic, I'm also there because it's like the same thing that the Giants have been doing since like 2016, 2017, where we're just hoping for all of these little things to go right, and that's not usually a winning formula. Like the g- good teams know that they have good things, it's, and they're not hoping for just things to go right like they know what they have and they know what they have are good things so um let i we have two more weeks to get excited let's finish off the defense with a little roster talk trent harris four tackles one sack one tackle for loss effetti odenabo had zero stats tonight zero tackles zero sacks zero tackles for loss i think effetti's gone man yeah i agree and honestly i'm not too i'm not too uh hung up about it nope me neither. Um, sorry, but maybe they move him back to D line. Is it too late to move him back to D line? Yes, it is. It is too late. He's not big enough. He he's not a good enough run defender to play D line for this no. Giants team. He's unless Marcus. So- he's Marcus Golden size. <laughs> yeah, unless you're unless you're solely playing him on third downs, it's just not going to work. And you have no. a guy like BJ Hill who you like in that role. So, all right. Anything else you want to? touch on before we close this episode out well by closing this episode out we can talk about our appearance on wfam yeah like i said any other football stuff you want to talk about before that no 
no, I hope I hope you don't listen to this thinking that Justin's just poo-pooing and not excited for the season. Uh, I'm trying to play both cards here because while you know a, a lot of people are worried about the O line, I'm certainly worried about the O line. I'm certainly worried about you know Daniel Jones. You the O line's the biggest worry. About making some boneheaded mistakes here or there. Um, you know, I oh here's a note. Um, I in terms of concepts, play concepts, route concepts. I told you last week. I'm not going to take big picture like Jason Garrett sucks takes based off of preseason games because I know they're not, they're not game planning. I took it more out of practice. But I will say a play that they ran multiple times that worked multiple times, on particularly on first down, and I love passing plays that work as an extension of the run game. So when Daniel Jones did that play action fake to whatever running back is in the backfield and Devontae Booker is going out in the flat. He's running a little route. And then Evan Ingram is like sitting in a zone. So Daniel Jones has an option. You either check it down to Evan Ingram or a tight end, and then they can get some yards after the catch. Or he's kind of rushing, you know, running outside the pocket with the ball in his hands. And then you dump it down to Devontae Booker. Or you can run the ball, which Daniel Jones is a pretty good runner outside the pocket too. On a third down, he looked pretty fast. And he had one attempt for um, seven yards today, and that, or excuse me, four yards, and it got a first down. So that play that they ran, that play action fake where you have the tight end in the flat and the running back in the flat, I cannot tell you how many years Tony Romo and Jason Witten ran that against us. And it worked every single freaking time. And I was very happy to see that the Giants ran it. And I hope that they continue to do it because that is a hard play to stop, but you can't rely on it. Word. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, that Evan Ingram, you know, the screenplay. Uh, I hope Evan Ingram gets healthy, you know, for yeah, as much as, as kind of need him. <laughs> like he's he's a good, but maybe having Caden Smith and Kyle Rudolph out out there will show them something. I don't know. Uh, but you know what, Caden Smith, every time he gets an opportunity to make a play at Daniel Jones, he makes a play with Daniel yeah. Jones. The thing the thing that's going to stink if Evan Ingram's not here is that we probably are going to have to pick up somebody off of the waiver wire, and then Peter that will do. Stewart will do. The, will do. Yeah, we we sure. I mean, at least in practice, he looks good. But um, I don't know if the Giants feel that way. And then, now, unfortunately, that's going to cost somebody else their roster spot. That's the only thing that sucks about that. All right, so that's that's it. That's my football takes. All right, so we went on fan, and I, I'm not. Let me, let me say this: not not the. We went on the fan. The fan. We were on the fan. So yes, was it a weekend? Yeah, was it a radio? Like, do people do radio spots all the time? Yeah. But I'm not going to play too cool for school in this. This was this was a cool moment for us going on the like, basically the biggest sports radio station in the country, which is WFAN. Obviously, radio is not as big as it once was, but it's still huge. Like if you look at how many people are listening to radio compared to podcasts, it's like oh yeah, like radio still is, like you know, like it's still huge. Now do they have like the diehards you know like they used to? No, diehards go to podcasts now. But it was it was cool, and we thank uh, Sean Marash uh, for yes. bringing us on and giving us a chance. Um, we're gonna do some like YouTube stuff with him too this year, like on our live streams. Because I mean, we you guys won't get in. Well, we have opponent interviews for those games, but like no regular Giants interviews until the season's over. Um, so it w- it was it was cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, thank you to Sean for. Having us on um, the segments on YouTube, by the way, like the 17 minute segment is on YouTube that we were on. If you want to go check it out, I was live from the parking lot. Bobby was in Bobby was in Florida. Do you like how I pandered to New York? 
Yes, you said that New York and New Jersey are the two best states, and I know you said that sarcastically, but not everybody, uh, but not everybody picked up on that. I was, um, I wasn't saying sarcastically. I was pandering. Oh, you were pandering. Yes, it it was very cool. So yeah, gr- gr- growing up, I, I would alter. I always alternate. You know, driving to high school, and you know, when I was in college, alternating between WFAN and ESPN Radio ninety eight seven, and especially WFAN being. Home of the New York Football Giants, right? You know, these are the home of the New York Football Giants. And Sean, uh, Sean at one point said that they were playing us. Were they playing us inside the stadium? Yeah, I think they play. I think they played WFAN in the stadium. I gotta. We gotta see if a beat reporter can verify that because I don't know if they usually do that. Well, Art was the one who said that they did that. So. Oh, okay. It was very, very cool. I'm, I'm kind of at a loss for words right now. Um, I, I still haven't even fully listened to the whole recap thing yet. I want to do better. I, I, how about that? I want to do better. It was a cool moment, but um, next time we get on, I want to do better and I want to be better. But I thought it was good. For, it was great for our first time, and um, I'm really honored to be on there. Now, will we get to go on again? Or did well, I did I screw it up? Yeah, you mentioned the Taliban and. Um, <laughs> You also mentioned the word friggin'. I my my father. I was on the phone with my father. My father was like, he mentioned the word friggin'. He's got to clean that up a little bit. I'm like, all right, you know they. Wait, you if can't you, say friggin' you, on the radio. If you listen to WFAN, they have. I think they literally say like dick and they say ass. Like they, I think they use. I think they say shit. I, I think WFAN with especially now that Craig's back. Solely special teamer. Cam Brown's a solely special teamer. Then you have like your fullback Elijah Penny. He's gonna play special teams. Carter, like a lot of guys who play special teams. So yeah. And I don't want to cross the David Sills army because they're like stronger than the Taliban right now. So I don't want to get on their bad side. I was nervous about dropping that line. And that wasn't like pre-planned either. Like he mentioned they had a Sills army call. I was like, oh gosh, I'm going to mention that Sills army is stronger than the Taliban. That was Um, not planned on your end. No, it wasn't. The pandering to New York was planned. That wasn't planned. In the beginning, I did plan out what I was going to say to Sean in terms of his in terms of his eyebrows being unevenly shaved because he was talking about that. Sean got was getting very personal on the show. He was talking about how he was like in the shower and he has a mirror in the shower. I'm like, all right, I would hate to have a mirror in my shower. And he was like shaving his eyebrows and he shaved them wrong. And I saw I I, I planned out that line that I dropped to him in the beginning. I was wondering. I was like, are you just being a bully and saying his eyebrows <laughs> suck? Um, no, that was cool. And, you know, I had to get in the Tim from Florida, Talking Giants versus the World at the end. That was great. Um, you do Michael Scott headlines, which was funny. Yeah, it was, I, cool. I, it was a cool I wasn't prepared. I wasn't prepared for the for the headline question. What's the headline going to be after this game? I almost got the score right. I said, I think I said 24-20. It was 22-20, um, except I said the Giants would win. Um, we haven't talked about the Mike Glennon Hail Mary throw. Yeah, that was oh my god, that's Mike Glennon in a nutshell right there. It's Mike Mahomes Glennon right there. Yeah, and Damian Willis, who just all he does is get preseason touchdowns with the Giants involved. <laughs> that was such a big push off. <laughs> There's no such thing as push offs on Hail Marys. I kind of <laughs> like, hate that you they can't go to overtime anymore though. Uh, I don't hate it. I was ready to Come go. Come on, and... give us a winner. Like I, no one wants a tie. Like like if they would have got the two point conversion and tied, I would have been pissed off. I like I would. I'm actually glad they missed it. So it's like okay, we lost this game. I wouldn't. I would not have wanted a tie. So that's two games in MetLife in three days, and both had hail marys to end them. Wow! Because the Jets did it too. Wow. So um, yeah. I can't wait to look back five years from now and think about when we. Compared David Sills fans to the town. <laughs> um, 
All oh, right. There you go. That's an episode. We appreciate you guys. So we're finishing off PPPs this week. So we have Kadarius Tony on Tuesday, Saquon on Wednesday, and Daniel Jones on Daniel Jones gets his own on uh, all together. I, don't, I can't even remember who we have paired with Kadarius. We got we got to do a we got to do a Dexter Lawrence PPP. I don't know if there's Dexter any other. Dexter Lawrence is paired with Saquon, I think. I don't know who's paired with Tony. Um, but anyways, and then. Unless there is a huge trade, we're going to do our regular episode on Friday, even though there's cutdowns are on Tuesday this year instead of Saturday. You may do a reaction video on YouTube. Is that we'll something do, that you could yeah, do? Yeah, we'll do a reaction video. But because we know they're going to work the waivers, we're going to wait to do the regular episode. We'll have that out on Friday. So we get all yeah, the news out, and then it's game week. There's like two 53-man rosters. There's like the first one that comes out, and then the actual 53-man roster. Yeah, so, so. we're going to wait. And, and unless there is something huge that happens, we will wait and just have our regular episode out on Friday. And then it's game week, man. So we are we are closing in. The training camp is coming to an end. We appreciate you guys, man. This pre this training camp has been uh it's been fun. You know, we had Fan Fest. You went up to New England. Um, you know, good growth. The numbers are going through the roof. We've had more downloads this month than we had all of 2019. And I sent you some other numbers. Like we we are cr- crushing um, and getting bigger. And that's like not even when you c- consider YouTube too. Like that's just simply podcast numbers. Yeah, so. appreciate everybody. Yeah, appreciate you guys. We will see you when we see you. Um, Get excited for the offense. I don't care if it's illogical. Just get excited. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you next time. Until then, let's go Big Blue.